Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Today on the show, we've got Becca Day. She does these great deep dives on celebrities, pop culture, trending topics over on TikTok. And she did a really fantastic in-depth dive on the whole Colleen Ballinger scandal and situation, which... I I go back and forth on like, do I do like a 20 minute intro about who Colleen is? What I'm just going to do right now, which I feel like works best for the podcast is if you know, you know who Colleen is and you'll be like up to date when we talk about her. If you don't keep up with um, YouTubers and online drama, which by the way, how does it feel to, you know, have sex and be cool? (laughs) Wish I knew what that was like. But yeah, if you're someone who isn't chronically online and you're not interested in it, of course, there's going to be timestamps if you want to jump around to the Jerry Seinfeld, the Drake, the, I mean, we could, we could have done probably a hundred different episodes about grooming, which is, um, pretty sick and twisted. But anyway, before we get into that and have Becca come on, I just wanted to do a little bit of a solo intro because shockingly, I've had a lot of people ask me about my recent move. I moved from New York where I had lived for the past five years to Denver, uh, Colorado, where I live now in June. And a bunch of people were asking questions about it, which I was not expecting. If anything, I thought when I moved to Denver, you guys would be like, uh, like we don't really find her interesting anymore. Like we're gonna stop listening. But at any rate, um, for anyone who might be interested, I figured I would put a little bit about the story here and answer some of the questions that you guys had over on Instagram about it. So yeah, basically the reason for the move, it all kind of started in August of last year, and that was when my, I guess, one boyfriend ago, that was when my boyfriend and I had broken up. And we were pretty serious. We broke up last August at the end of it. And I was pretty, I guess, just, I don't know, like shell-shocked at the time. I really thought that he was my future. Um, And also the same little fun fact behind the scenes, the same week that we broke up was the same week that I was giving notice to my nine to five job that I was going to quit and do fluently forward full time. So it was a that week, man, like my adrenals were going, the cortisol was going through the system. It was a lot of big changes. Um, Yeah, it was a rough couple months. So I don't know if you noticed my episodes being like very sad in September of 2023. That was probably why. So anyway, there was a point in my life, I think, after that breakup where I had really just pictured, you know, sometimes, especially too, I was 29 then and you're dating someone and you cannot stop yourself from the subconscious daydreams of the future. So for months now, I had just been like, oh my God, like I have it all figured out. Like we're going to move in together soon. Then we're going to get engaged. Then we're going to get married. Then I'm going to have kids. And then I'm going to be able to podcast while also being a mom. Like the way that the brain runs off the track is like, whatever. But after weirdly enough, and Hey, if you're going, if you're going through a breakup yourself, um, fluentlyforward.com slash breakup, there was like a whole ebook. I wrote about this situation and all the tips and tricks from it. It's 99 pages. It's $5. We've got fun quizzes in there with other girls from the pod collective giving their advice. It's just, it's, it makes a breakup fun if you want to check that out. But anyway, the main thing that helped me get over this breakup was it, it was such a painful breakup because I thought I was going to get everything I wanted, right? I was like, he's everything I want, the life, we both want the same type of life and the family and children and oh my God, we're on track to get it. And then I think when we broke up, I just kind of had a little bit of an existential moment where I was like, what if I don't get any of it? 
instead of normally after breakups, I'm like, well, I'll find someone else. Like I'll, I'll get married to somebody else. Like I'll have kids with somebody else. But instead I actually really fucking fell off the wagon and went into the deep end. And I just really leveled with myself. I was like, you might never get married. You might never have children. Like those things might not be in the cards for you. And I know that sounds drastic and traumatic, but it actually made me feel better to think that. And it made me feel really free because instead of trying to slot someone in for the previous future that I had like been thinking of and planning, it just felt like this big blank open page in front of me. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to be working for myself soon what should I do? Like, where should I go? And my sister had been living out in Golden, Colorado, like 15 minutes from Denver. And every time I visited her, it just felt good. Like I liked being by grass and staying in somebody's house and driving to Target, like the simple things. I just really liked it. And everyone in my family was so supportive and they were like, you know, whatever you want to do, we'll support you. So whenever I felt really sad about my breakup, I was always like, well, I guess I could move to Denver. And that little life raft of an idea kind of felt, I don't know, it just felt good to me. And after living in New York for five years, I had gotten a little bit tired of it. I actually have a fake Instagram account. This is like so cringe. It's on private. You will never find it. But sometimes I write songs, okay? And no one will ever like even saying it out loud. Like I absolutely cannot. But there was this song that I had been writing that was all about, or like some of the lyrics, it was like, I'm looking to get out of Manhattan. I don't think I'd mind being a has-been. And I, for months, was just kind of craving peace. Like I wanted suburbs and stairs and some goddamn laundry um, and a house. And when I was dating my boyfriend, I thought, I want to get married. Like, I want a house. I want to settle down. But after the breakup, I realized it's not that I want to get married and be a stay-at-home wife. It's that I want a house. Like, I was putting all of that onto our relationship, and I just really want a house. Like, I want laundry. I want to be able to have a bedroom. I'm sick of living in a studio. And also, some of this might have been influenced by buying the Sims cottage living expansion pack because let me tell you every time I play that expansion pack which I did last night I'm like that's it I gotta move to a cottage I need to garden immediately and anyway also at the same time I was just more introverted in New York City it happens when you get older it's happened out of COVID I was like I'm paying so much money to live in a studio apartment where I barely get heat in the winter, my packages are always stolen, recording in the summer is um, such an ass ache because you can't have AC units on because it makes noise that picks up on the microphone. So my apartment would get to truly sometimes 101 degrees. And if you ever see me like recording in the summer on a podcast, I'm wearing a tank top on and nothing underneath. And I am just sweating on the office chair. And it was just like miserable. And I was also like, dude, I'm 30. I fall asleep at night making eye contact with my microwave. I don't even have the basic human essentials like not having packages stolen or being able to put on air conditioning in the you know summer, heat in the winter. And if you want those human basic essentials and to live in the center of New York City, you got to have like $6,000 a month minimum to spend on rent. And shout out to the patrons, but um, it just wouldn't have been fiscally responsible. Anyway, so I was tossing around the idea of moving to Denver and, you know, my manager, shout out to Cake Media and my friends were like, you are being reckless. You can't like get dumped and then move the next month. Like give it some time, think on it. So I gave it a couple months, stayed in New York and I 
I'm not going to lie. Like, I did love New York. Like, Kelly from Beyond the Blinds, like, I love her. I was making friends with Lindsay from We Met at Acme, Marin from Life of Marin, like, all of these different creators. I was really starting to build a cool community out there. And it was so hard because... I kept getting mixed messages from the signal or signals from the universe. You know what I'm saying? Where I remember one week I found out that Troy from beyond the blinds was literally moving a block away from me. And I was like, okay, this is it. Like, it's my sign. I like have to stay here. But then I got like something in the mail and it was about Denver. And I was like, okay, this is my sign from the universe. I have to move. And the craziest thing was, um, I got a call and I was talking to this reality show that was considering having me on. And it was all about single girls in New York City. And I had a phone call with them. We were talking. They were like, yeah, it would be a reality dating show. Um, and we're really looking for single New York City girls. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, universe, this is my sign. Like, I am a single New York City girl. I should stay here. And then the woman on the phone explained the concept of the reality show. And it was all about dating in different cities. So you go to different cities and then you go on dates because your husband could be in a different place. And she truly said, me and my friends always had this joke that I would meet my husband in Denver. And you, the way I rolled my eyes so hard, I was like, universe, God, spirit, angel, I don't even know what it is. Why are you fucking with me like this? Like every day it's like one or the other. And I just couldn't decide. And, um, you know, I thought being in New York would be good for the podcast, but then also all big podcasters move out of big cities like Rogan, yeah, Shallon Lester. Um, I don't know, even like the people from the Daily Wire aren't in like a major city, like Kate Kennedy from Be There in Five. And also, too, I had started dating somebody new um, in, I don't know, April, May. April, May, June. Anyway, so then I was like, well, maybe now I should stay in New York. Like, anyway, there were all these different things. The universe was really freaking teasing me. But I just remember I was doing research for the Missing 411 episode that we did over on Patreon. And I was watching this documentary about one of the kids that went missing. And in the documentary, this old guy is being interviewed. And he's like, yeah, when little Billy went missing, it really made the whole town go crazy because this is the type of town where like nothing ever happens here. And I remember sitting on the couch and being like, I want that. Like I want peace. I want quiet. I want to do my laundry and like bake muffins in a big kitchen. And I want to be in a town where like nothing happens. <laughs> so it basically swung over to Denver. And also my brother moved out here and I just knew I would get FOMO if the next chapter of my life in my 30s, I made roots in New York and not by my family because my family is the most important thing to me. So I moved out here in June. I've been here for the last like six, seven weeks. And so far, I am absolutely loving it. Denver is a city that I truly think was kind of meant for me. Like it's health conscious. And you know me, I'm all about like vegan stuff. Like I'm interested in the hokey wellness. They're conspiracy focused with the airport and Bigfoot and all of the alien sightings here. And there's towns with cults nearby and chakras. I'm like, we are going to get so much good conspiracy stuff on the podcast. People forage for mushrooms and we had just done a mushroom episode over on Patreon. Like I think that the city is truly built for me. And it's also a reasonable size. Like in New York, it just felt so exhausting that if I wanted to go to a park, I had to take a subway to do it. That if there was like a free movie night event, 
I didn't even want to go because it's like, well, it's going to be so crowded. Is there even going to be a seat for me? Are there going to be public bathrooms? If there are public bathrooms, are they going to be disgusting? And here in Denver, if there's an event, there's so much room for it. There's a bunch of public bathrooms. And guess what? It's like free. There's like so much free stuff to do here. And in New York, I, it just it just got so hard. And now I'm like living the suburb dreams that I've always wanted where I have the city, I have the train, there are things that are walkable here. I have an apartment with like incredible amenities. I've got a balcony, I've got like a huge closet. It's just all of these things that I want. And I can pop over and see my brother or sister any day that I want and just play board games. And I just feel so lucky to do that because family really is the most important thing to me. Okay, so anyway, sorry, I feel like such a narcissist for just like talking about myself for the past 10 minutes. Sorry about that. Um, I'll answer some of your questions and then we'll get into the episode. All right. Somebody said, are you getting NYC FOMO? It's my biggest fear about living a city. And no, so far I'm not. I just, uh, you know, when you leave a place and everybody's like, oh, you got to do all the things like you never got to do, eat at all of the places you never got to eat at. And I just like, I had already eaten there. Like I had already done all the things. There just like, wasn't really anything that I felt like I was missing uh, about New York. And I was just craving peace and tranquility so, so, so much. Um, I will say the things that I miss are like, you know, grabbing lunch with like Lindsay or Marin or Kelly, just like hanging out with Kelly. I love Kelly. Uh, anyway, uh, somebody said, do you spend more time outside? Good God, yes. Denver is like huge on the outdoors. Um, and also my balcony, I'll just like hop outside there for like 10 minutes a day, get some nice vitamin D. It's incredible. Like it's so easy to be outside here. And I don't know if it's easy to be outside or if New York city is just so incredibly hard to do anything in. Somebody said differences in the dating scene. Is it really Menver? And that's a big joke about Denver being Menver. Cause there's so many dudes here as compared to New York, where I think I don't know the stats, but everybody's like, there's so many single women and it's like so hard to date in New York. There are so many dudes here and they are all insanely attractive because they're very outdoorsy. Like so, just so many guys, like you just walk around and there's so many guys. That being said, there's very much a difference in the type of person. Um, I'm finding that a lot of these guys are insanely outdoorsy and... I don't know. There was this guy that I was going out with and we went out a couple times and I really liked him. But like the first date, we just like went to a park and like sat down on the grass. And I've been trying to get better at like, you know, giving people a chance and like, maybe it's not exactly what I want, but like, you know, you could be surprised. So that's not my ideal first date, but I was like, okay, fine. We'll like go for a walk and like sit in the grass. And the conversation was great. And then the second date, he wanted me to come over to his place and like cook me dinner. And once again, I'm like, oh, that feels weird for the second date. But I was like, okay, I'll like, you know, be open-minded. Like everyone in my family is telling me to be open-minded. So I went over and yeah, it was great. It was like a nice dinner, whatever. Then our third date, we were going to like walk around a lake and get a beer, but it was like a hundred degrees. So we got a beer and then he asked if I wanted to get food. And he started talking about some like sexual stuff, like on the date. I don't know. I guess like on the third date, people start to talk about that. We got like a burger, a sandwich. When I tell you, the check came. It was $35. And this was the first time we like ever went out or spent money. And he asked me to split it. And he's 36 years old and a lawyer. 
and he was like talking about like sexual stuff. I just felt so disrespected. Anyway, and a lot of the girlfriends I've met here are like, that's the guys in Denver. It's like very Peter Pan, like let's split everything. Let's just like go up to the mountains. So I am taking a month off from dating because TBH, all the girls I'm meeting here are incredible and the guys are just like not really my vibe. So whatever, like I don't even care. Okay, somebody said, how are you making new friends? This question came up from everyone. I have lived in so many different cities. I I don't know, maybe like nine different cities. My number one thing, and it's so hard because you used to be able to make friends through work and now it's like everybody works from home. So like, what are you going to do? And I'm also bad with it too because like my apartment has events and like I feel awkward and nervous going to them by myself. So I've met up with a bunch of floozies If you're a Patreon member over on a Discord, we have a channel for floozy connections, so you can meet other people um, in your area. And also, um, I think I have a blog post on tips of how to do this. If you move to a new city and you want to see if there's anyone you know there, my biggest hack is always go to LinkedIn and look for connections because nobody really updates like Facebook anymore. Let's be honest, nobody's on there. And on Instagram, sometimes it's hard to tell where somebody lives, but everybody always has their true to form location on LinkedIn. So then you can reach out to like, I don't know, people from like high school, college. Also my mom, like parents love to be like, my family friend has somebody here that you know. I'm just taking everybody up on it. I am sometimes meeting up with three girls a day for coffee. I've had to start getting decaf coffee on coffee dates because I'm just meeting with everyone. So that's just my suggestion. And shout out to the floozies. Dude, reach out to me if you live in Denver. I've met up with like five of you so far, and it's so much fun. Uh, Somebody said, what company did you use to move? I didn't want to be a total influencer and do roadway, so I did Oz Movers, but I would not recommend them. Ha ha. No, I wouldn't. And typically in other moves, I sell everything, um, but I did the cost analysis on it, and it was actually cheaper to have my stuff moved here. Uh, Somebody said, since you're closer to the West Coast, do you plan on traveling there? Yeah, I think the whole pod collective wants to do another group get-together in L.A. soon. And then the last question, um, somebody said, did reorienting your future scare you? Advice and tips on that. Yeah, I mean, it's always, it's always you so many different feelings and emotions when you move. And I really feel bad for all of my friends in the past who were moving out of New York City. I remember my friend Jenny, I love her, we were coworkers together, and when she told me that she was moving to Boston, I did something that I only realized now was the worst thing to do, and I was like, no, like you can't move to Boston, like Boston sucks, like you have to stay here, why would you move, like we want you in New York, and it was coming from a good place, but when I tell you that I made my decision to move to Denver, and then my friends with the best of intentions would be like, what? No, like, why are you doing that? Blah, blah, blah. And then I would go home and I was like filled with all of this doubt. So yeah, when you decide to move, you get so much feedback and noise and suggestions from people. Even when I mentioned it on Instagram, people were like, you can't move. You're like the New York City girl. And then that led me on a spiral. I'm like, am I the New York City girl? Like, how do I present myself? Like, whatever. You just go through it when you're moving. And they've actually done stress tests, by the way, about which moments in your life give you the most collective stress and moving is in the top five right up there with a breakup and uh losing someone and yeah like they've done studies on it moving really stresses you out anyway but advice on how to like get excited about the next chapter of your life vision board vision board 
I don't care how lame it sounds. I'm obsessed with it. You guys know I ha always have one hanging up. I actually just got like a museum artwork light from Amazon to shine on it because like I'm so obsessed with vision boarding or just go on Pinterest and make like a to-do list of things you want to do in that new area. I truly have an Excel chart of everyone that I want to hang out with in Denver, things that I want to do. I, I truly make it, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Like I make it a whole goal. Also, it's just proven anything that you plan for, you feel better about. So go on Pinterest if you're moving somewhere new and put together a board for what you want your apartment to look like or how you want your outfits to look once you live in that city. Or, um, you know, do you really want to get into coffee shops or maybe you want to start going to hotel bars and working there or maybe you want to volunteer at the local library or maybe you want to get into gardening kind of like build this idea of what the character of you will look like in the next spot and then that way you just focus less on what you're losing and what you're leaving behind and you just get really excited for the whole next oh my god you know me sorry guys you didn't think I could bring Taylor Swift up yet but baby I can era the next era of your life how's that so anyway, that's it. And of course, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe I'm back in New York. Maybe I go to Timbuktu. I mean, who knows? Anything can happen. Like I said in this very long-winded intro, um, you know, what I realized after my past breakup was just, you never know. You freaking never know. You're with someone, and then you're not, and then you're in a city, but then you're someplace else, and you're healthy, and then you're sick, and somebody's your best friend, and then you hate each other. And um, if anything, it's almost kind of, it almost feels good to just know that there's nothing you know, nothing certain, but when in doubt, make a vision board, right? Okay, so without further ado, we are going to get into the episode and welcome Becca for, I mean, goddamn, a talk about grooming. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Fluently Forward. Today, I am so excited to have on the TikTok deep dive connoisseur, Becca Day, <laughs> on the show. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I've wanted to have you on for a while. I feel like we've been mutuals for years. And a I do, long time. We have yeah. been mutuals for a very long time. And I do time. feel like my mutuals, like I know them and I know it's so parasocial, <laughs> but I just do feel that way. And you also Absolutely. cover like pop culture and you, mm -hmm. I love this. Like you're all about the investigative. You've done deep dives. Yes. Obviously we're going to talk about Colleen and grooming, mm -hmm. Nicki Minaj, Wendy Williams, mm -hmm. even like the submersible. What's been your favorite yeah. deep dive? I really did enjoy the Colleen deep dive only because I think it was really interesting to see so many people understand like how bad it really was. I think it was mm -hmm. really interesting to see so many people who had watched her for so long and or just heard about her and had no idea that this was happening you know what I mean like people pulling like clips from the shows that hundreds if not thousands of people attended and saw it in person and then were presented it at an older age and it's like whoa 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 what was going on here so I really did like I did enjoy the research aspect of all that and putting it all together in a timeline. I did, I did like doing that, yeah. but, and giving a voice to, you know, the victims who had been trying to get all their stories out. And it was just so much that people had a hard time receiving it. I feel like until they could understand in context, what was actually going on. 
Yeah, like talking about celebrities and covering scandals, you know, I always feel bad because I don't always want to talk about dark shit on the podcast, but like there's a lot of dark stuff. And the craziest thing for me is that all of these titans from like the, you know, Epstein and Weinstein to the Collins and the Shane Dawson's, it seems like when they finally have their moment of like reckoning or canceling consequence, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. it's not just like one nail in the coffin. It takes 50. Like, what do you think the over under is? Like, do you think we're getting better at bringing stories to light? Or do you think it takes like upwards of 20 victims before something happens? You know, I think in general, just because of the society we live in, people who come forward are always going to be met with like these negative reactions and it will always make people victims afraid to come forward but I feel like now in this day and age as we have you know everyone who has a phone who has a social media whoever has a voice a bigger voice to help elevate whatever story so like we see things happen and we see this domino effect when people start to listen, but it usually does take multiple victims for people to start listening. Like Colleen, the, the whole, the Jeffrey Epstein is like, (laughs) I can talk about it for hours. (laughs) It's just like, it takes a lot of people to come forward. And even when you have a lot of people coming forward, there's still this like psychotic, like fandom of people who are like extreme 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 who are always going to support whatever crazy behavior that their beloved favorite celebrity musician whoever is doing and it's just there's always an excuse and or they get mad at like the leaking of text messages like we kind of saw this a little bit with Jonah Hill and everybody was like well it's so classless to leak a text message or I even saw people saying that about army hammer victims and it's like the text mm -hmm. message is proof like what else do you want them to do like do hand signals like that's that's how you get it out there so exactly it's like you post proof like people you come forward with an allegation and then say we need proof you give proof you shouldn't have shared that you shouldn't have posted that I completely agree with you I completely (laughs) agree with you it's like you can't there's no perfect victim you know what I mean there's no perfect victim there's always going to be people who are just like shut try to shut down things and it's just like it's so frustrating to watch because like when you are someone who wants to give a voice to victims and help advocate for victims and you see them trying to share like even just like in situations like I keep going back to Colleen because it's so like right now yeah it like Oliver one of the victims came forward and had so much proof and people were still like why did you share this? You shouldn't have shared this. This is like, what are you talking about? It's really, really backwards. And I think people mm-hmm. either, um, you know, you get it or you don't, right? Yeah. Like once again, like with the Jonah Absolutely. Hill stuff, I think there were a lot of people who saw those text messages and was like, I've been, been there. there before mm-hmm. and I know it's not great. And what you and I are going to dive into today is kind of this concept of grooming in Hollywood, because I think grooming it's kind of in the zeitgeist. Like you have the Republican people being like, it happens at every drag show. And then you have people in Hollywood, Olivia Rodrigo, Demi Lovato, Taylor Swift singing about instances of grooming and romantic relationships. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that when people do talk about it online, people are like, well, like, were you actually diddled? Like people Mm -hmm. take it to such a degree. And I think that came up a lot with, um, 
Colleen. So we're going to talk about different like instances of grooming in Hollywood and I guess YouTube land. Um, <laughs> real quick, I just want to start with the definition of grooming because I had to look it up. Like I kind of knew what it was, but mm-hmm. I feel like grooming, narcissist, gaslight, like do I really know it the definition? It gets misused a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Mm-hmm. So they say, this was the definition that stuck out the most to me. They just say child grooming is defined as the act of influencing children or young teenagers to befriend and trust an adult for the purpose of sexual manipulation later in the future. And they talk about different forms it takes. You have like victim selection. So like they mm-hmm. choose someone specifically because they're vulnerable in some sense, mm-hmm. gaining access, isolating the victim from their friends and family, uh, developing trust keeping secrets, giving gifts or attention. Like, I just, I'm thinking of so many calling examples. Literally, Um, textbook definition. Right? Like, (laughs) Jesus. Like, it's honestly like she had a bingo card here. (laughs) Desensitization to touch and discussion of sexual topics and then attempt by abusers to make their behavior seem natural. So Mm -hmm. I know for us, like, we had a high school history teacher and like I'm just thinking yep like you always picked a girl who like didn't have two parents who developed faster than other Mm -hmm. girls who was in one of his like he had a rubric Mm -hmm. did you ever like have a creepy like teacher or neighbor that like everyone knew about so I live in a small town in Missouri so when and there's a (laughs) there's a lot of people who are on yeah (laughs) There's a lot of groomers out here, Um, but there's a lot of like when it's a smaller town. So when someone does something, everybody knows, you know what I mean? And so there's always been like people who are like, when they start dating someone and you're like, Hmm, I wonder if they know, Hmm, I wonder if they know. But personally, I, when I was in my 16s and 17s is when I started to like become more adults you know what Mm. I mean start to become an older teenager you know what I mean and I started to feel like I was 16 going on 25 you know what I mean and like loved attention from like older people older men you know what I mean and looking back now as an almost 26 year old woman I'm like girl what was going on and I looked back and I Can think, I ask, were you listening to Lana Del Rey? Because, like, I feel like there needs to be a parental advisory on some of those albums. Like, it made a lot of 16-year-olds be like, this would, like, dating my teacher would be amazing, you know? Like, honestly, you got me there. And I was also watching Pretty Little Liars. Like, yes. I was just a whole, it was not, it was not good. And I, I, I found myself in some bad situations, as yeah. many of us did. And I think looking back, there's always like you like look at it and you're like oh I shouldn't have done that but at the same time I'm like oh they should have done that you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I think like and I think there's a lot of girls who had that and not just girls but like a lot of people who have that experience and don't talk about it or had that like uncomfortable feeling around the uncle the friend the teacher whatever and they just didn't know how to articulate it and they had shame that they carried with it because it's part of grooming it's just it's and you mentioned a- like the gossip in your small town and I feel like mm-hmm. that's you know I'm not gonna be one of those people that's like all oh, gossip is good like right. come on, like I do it mostly for entertainment and laughs but there is 
helpful gossip because mm-hmm. there's a lot of these situations where it is like a friend of a friend or somebody. And sometimes the stereotype is like, you know, it's a misrepresentation. They're not actually like that. Maybe it was like a miscommunication. Exactly. So then they got labeled mm-hmm. as creepy. But sometimes like mm-hmm. they're a groomer and like it's good yeah. for this. The so, word of mouth to travel. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of like word of mouth, when you think of groomers in Hollywood, like I have a bunch. Like I'm thinking Drake. I'm thinking Jared Leto. <laughs> I we're gonna think get of into them. So many. So who do you classify as? Like this person is a groomer in Hollywood. They're always going after younger people. They're isolating their victims. They're desensitizing <laughs> them. Like what? Comes there is up? like so many I could think of, but very uh, someone who's very I feel like almost openly mm. kind of like will go for the younger girls shamelessly is Leonardo DiCaprio. We see it happen constantly he like his girlfriend's had a certain age and he's like moving on and if you know I think a lot of us would look at it differently if he wasn't continuously going back to that very very young age group like he's like what in his fifth early 50s late 40s I think he's 50s now yeah and it's like what are you doing with the little 20 something as you keep growing older I saw like a, there was a hypothesis where people said that, obviously, I think he's like a creepy pervert freak, but some people were saying that that age is when he was at his most famous and successful. So he's always trying to get back there by dating them. But it's like, let's be honest, like there's something so creepy about it. And I feel like people don't take it as seriously because these girls are Mm -hmm. in their 20s. Like I remember a tweet where some girl said like, she cried on her 30th birthday because she realized she's too old to be groomed oh anymore. And I was like, oh, that's like, <laughs> such a sick Lana Del Rey. It, like, it literally tweet, is. But, I was literally just doing talking. Yeah. I saw your video about Taylor and Lana and I was like, I need to, I need to do some research about <laughs> Lana. What's going on with Lana? <laughs> a video about like her and her Lolita past with like her teachers and Harvey Weinstein. Like there's, there's a whole I know. I like found myself like I was like, do I want to dive down this rabbit hole? Because I didn't realize that there was a Lana rabbit hole. But honestly, I should have known. I should have known. Today's episode is brought to you by a new sponsor called Hair Love. And Hair Love is a company with an incredible story from the founder. Basically, she had an experience with hair loss and she still remembers, you know, the moment when she realized that she was losing her hair. So she dug into her background into nutrition and she ended up putting together this incredible company. Their main product is something called the Growth Complex. And this is a daily vitamin that is going to help you to nourish your hair from the inside out. You take two capsules a day and and it helps to reduce shedding, to promote new hair growth, to increase the moisture and shine. I feel like a lot of us post-COVID, I don't know if this was just me and my friends, or maybe we were all just getting older around the same time. We started noticing that like around the crown, you know, you would just have hair loss or you would pull your hair back in a tight ponytail and feel a little bit insecure about it. So if you want to experiment with hair growth and kind of getting your hair back to that place that you love it, go check out Hair Love. Not only do they have these growth complex vitamins, but I'm also using their Denman hairbrush. It really like gets at my scalp. I sometimes do it just for fun while I'm watching TV because it feels so good. They've got different repair serums. They've got detox scalp massagers. 
um, hair towels and scrunchies that are going to be healthy for your hair and just great quality. So if you want to check them out, hairlove.com slash fluently can take you over there to hair love to check out some of their products. And with that code fluently, you will get 15% off site-wide, including your first subscription order. So hairlove.com slash fluently. Well, let's start with a little bit about Colleen. Like, I feel like most people have kind of understood the TLDR of this. If you had to summarize the Colleen situation to someone who, like, doesn't know YouTube in, like, a Mm three-minute TLDR, what's, like, the highlight of the main points you would tell someone? I would say that I think, in general, Colleen was kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing for so many years. Like, her she reigned on TikTok for, or not TikTok, YouTube for over a decade, 15 years. Like she really established herself as like a YouTube giant. Like she was one of the huge, huge people. Like she's been there for so many different, different transitions, I guess, of different generations that have come up. She's been there consistently, always had a platform. She has always had an audience. She has always had a fandom. And she, I think she took advantage of a lot of her fans. I still kind of question what her motive was in all of this from the beginning, because you can go back years and see her being inappropriate with children, making inappropriate jokes towards children. And when we say children too, these were like 11 to 13 year old fans of hers, like truly children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like not like 16, 17, 18. Like these are little kids. Like these are elementary middle school kids. And I do wonder like why, why a lot of people are saying like, you know, she probably had something happen to her in her childhood. And if she did, that's awful. And no one, should have to endure that but it doesn't excuse any of the behavior that we've seen totally not and also like you just see people flocking to that right away like oh well I think something Mm -hmm. happened to her which I do think it's come out that she has a really weird family like a pedophile brother and a really Mm -hmm. creepy dad we were talking before we got on about how Mm -hmm. it was discovered that the dad's public YouTube page had playlist. a playlist mm-hmm. of these like fetish videos of pregnant women and inflating Weird. women yeah. with the same thumbnails that Colleen would post of her pregnant stomach. Um, right. It's like, where'd you get that idea? It's, Can't even think about it. But like you said, like what, what is the motive? Like a lot of, she was in these group mm-hmm. chats with these children, fans of hers. They were obsessively talking mm-hmm. like hours a day. She was trying to meet up with them. She was having them be uh, her interns for free and tweet on her behalf and work mm-hmm. without getting paid. But I think a lot of right. people online are like, well, she never touched them. Like she never kissed them. It's not like an Onision mm-hmm. type of YouTuber scandal. Right. So it it couldn't be that bad. It couldn't have yeah. been that so bad. Yeah. So what do you say to people mm-hmm. like that online who are like, well, it's not technically grooming because she was just talking. Or I mean, I say people online, like that's also literally Colleen herself saying like, you know, like I, I was, I overshared, but I wasn't grooming. And, and exactly. And I think like, I think people, a lot of people don't understand how many forms grooming comes in. And when they see grooming from coming from a female perpetrator, mm-hmm. it's automatically like not that big of a deal, even in situations where children are being touched and children are being physically harmed if it's a female perpetrator 
people are kind of like, well, you know, you have that mixture of like, mm, and you know what? It usually well, does come from not to like be like, oh, like it always comes back to the man, but a lot of instances of female teachers who groom their students, you ha like, yes, some people say, oh, like what a man, like I wish I was that fifth grader, but it's never a woman saying that it's always other men. So mm -mm. it's like, yeah, we hate that yeah. rhetoric. You guys knock it off and stop saying that. Like, you know? Right. It's like how we can't, like you guys get upset when we don't recognize the male victims. And then you guys get upset when we do recognize the male victims and you say they're lucky, you know, no idea what's gone on in that woman's head, but from the consistency of going for young fans to form friendships with is like, should set off red flags in everyone's mind. And I'm curious for your take to this whole idea of female groomers. I know um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and mm -hmm. his wife, um, I have something in here down at the bottom, Sam Taylor Johnson, they met on the set of Nowhere Boy in 2009. Yes. She was 42. He was 18. They started dating and they got married. And it was like, not only was it grooming and creepy and the age gap, they also got married so quickly, like mm -hmm. tattoos on each other's body. It's just that. Or <laughs> Emmanuel Macron's wife. Um, she was 40 and when she met him he was 15 and it's hard because these people are villains like mm -hmm. that's awful you're mm -hmm. a groomer that's mm -hmm. disgusting that's sick but I also find it so infuriating that people call the older woman granny like crypt right. keeper like cobwebs <laughs> right. on your vagina and like you don't <laughs> see that with R. Kelly or Leonardo mm -hmm. DiCaprio like you don't go for the physical insult blows or comments right. about their genitalia and like mm -hmm. they're both doing awful things it's the misogyny of our society yeah. always always in every aspect of anything it's always there <laughs> always yeah, there which is like i don't want to be like oh like believe all women like believe colleen like not all of them you right. know like we have proof for this but it is something that i notice, which is just disheartening mm -hmm. too because we're starting with colleen's story but as we move into some of these male celebrities there was some rancid shit going mm -hmm. on, like mm -hmm. full-on sex cults. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Lumi. That's right, Lumi deodorant. If you follow me over on Instagram, I cannot believe I'm saying this, you would think, what are we going to get? Like bikini photos, maybe pictures of like what you're eating. No, I talk all the time about how I'm sweating and I ask you guys for deodorant recommendations. I've been doing it for years. That's truly what's over on my Instagram. But Basically, I am a sweater. I sweat a lot. I've asked my mom and dad who gave me the sweating gene. They say it was neither of them. It was so embarrassing. But at any rate, I have just always been a sweaty girl, okay? Lumi sent me over their starter pack, and it's fantastic. They have obviously the typical like solid stick deodorant. They also have a cream tube deodorant, and this is meant how I use it is after the shower. I just rub this in my hands under the pits, in between the butt crack, like the feet. Why do my feet sweat so much? Anyway, you can put it truly anywhere. They also have in this starter pack um, two free products of your choice, a mini body wash, deodorant, wipes. You're just going to smell fantastic. They've got a lavender cream tube that is my latest obsession. So for any sweaty girlies out there who want to try this, you're going to get a great deal if you go to lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E and you enter code FLUENTLY. This is going to get you $5 off of a Lume starter pack, which is going to be over 40% off of your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code FLUENTLY. 
All right. So before we get into Jerry Seinfeld, I just wanted to bring up some examples of older grooming, because like I said, grooming is kind of on the tip of everyone's tongue right now. People are talking more openly about age gaps, but that doesn't mean they're happening more recently. This has been happening. I mean, when we did our old Hollywood podcast episode, like Judy Garland was getting like full on molested every day on the set. Like, the Judy Garland whole situation, I have a deep dive coming about her, and it's like, Mm. when you research her life, it's so Makes you want to cry. It's horrific. (laughs) Like, it's not even, like, bad. It's horrific. It's so sad. Yeah. Some other examples people know, um, Elvis Presley met Priscilla Presley when he was 25. She was 14. Steven Tyler purchased the guardianship of a girl named Julia from her mother when she was 16 so he could take her across state lines on his tour. And Celine Dion was 12 when Renee Anjanel became her manager and she was 19 when they went public with their relationship. So you know, th- this has been around all throughout history. The first deep dive I want to do here is Jerry Seinfeld, when he was 39, dating a 17-year-old. How much of this have you heard about? I did a video about this maybe a year and a half ago. So it's been a little while. But I do remember specifically him having no shame at all. Yes. He was completely <laughs> shameless. And it's like, she was in high school. And you could have been her father. Yes. Like, are you no shame? Like it was her senior year of high school. Yeah. In Central Park. So he was just a hair shy of 40 and he just picked her up in like Central Park. Shoshana Lonstein. Like a creep. Like an absolute creep. It was a spring afternoon. She was approached by him. It's unclear if like she knew who he was, but like he gave her his phone number and they went out to dinner. They started talking a People article came out called The Game of Love, and I think it's pretty well known that People magazine has always made their living off of, like, taking money from publicists and running stories that are flattering to people. So they did this whole article that was all about how, like, they had to teach the world to accept their romance, and it was so long-lasting, and give them a chance. Creepy details about their relationship – Over the summer, so they met in spring, so a couple months after when they started dating, Jerry Seinfeld would show up at her parents' apartment where she lived with her 15-year-old brother in a limousine and whisk her away for dates. Like, how does that not go through your head? You're driving to her parents. She lives with her parents. Right. She's living at home. She's in school. Like, I I have no idea. He was just like, hi, mom and dad. I'm going to take your little girl out for a date, even though, oh, you know, we're the same age. Like, <laughs> I also, how did the parents, like, they must have just been starstruck, but, like, That's my parents would not, like, be yeah. a 40-year-old in high school. No, my parents would have probably called the police, at least, you know? <laughs> right, right? <laughs> like, shouldn't everyone? Like, I feel like it had to have been they were star starstruck or in a lot of situations like these, like Steven Tyler, Julia Holcomb, the situation mm. where the parents paid. Did they get paid? Were they offered incentives? Were they bribed? Mm. You know what I mean? Because as a parent myself, I cannot imagine a single thing that could make me put my child in a dangerous position. I'm trying to think like maybe he had a good reputation as a celebrity for like being like the funny sitcom guy on TV, but like it's so creepy. How harmful could he be? He's hilarious, you know? Yeah, there's always a laugh track when he walks into Mm -hmm. a room. Right, right, exactly. uh, It's like crazy. 
they dated. She graduated from high school. She went to college at George Washington University in D.C. He went back to L.A. to film Seinfeld. They stayed together long distance. And when they would come together and, you know, be together for those uh, moments, <laughs> she would, like, parade him around campus. He would take her out to lunch in L.A. with his famous friends. And this is a quote he said about the relationship, which I think is very telling of relationships when someone's being groomed. He said... I am not an idiot. Shoshana is a person, not an age. She is extremely bright. She's funny, sharp, very alert. We just get along. You can hear the click. And isn't that such a theme of being like, I don't even see age. Like, I, it's like, right. bitch, there's like, there's laws around it. You have to see it. <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? Like, what are you, like, be fucking for real. She's not, she's not an age. She's a person. Okay. Who was yeah. born when? Anytime someone starts saying, like, we're all human, like, we're all Gaia, we are all homo Mm -hmm. sapien, I'm like, you're doing something creepy. Mm -hmm. Also, the mature, the wise, the old soul. There's, like, Mm -hmm. a joke Nikki Glaser has where she's like, all these older guys say that they love a woman's old soul. Of course, the only thing that is old that you like about her is the soul that you can't see it's not her old face or her old tits you know it's just just like the soul soul. (laughs) and the creepy thing too is that like even his uh colleagues were kind of okay with it like Mm -hmm. julia louis dreyfus was interviewed in 1999 after they broke up and she said about their relationship no it didn't make me cringe when he was in that relationship it was a happy one for him and she's a terribly nice person so I was in favor of it come on who cares there wasn't anything wrong with it I thought it was great what the fuck <laughs> like, I could have said it better myself like, what the fuck it's just like and I think that's like the very dangerous thing about in general just like grooming in Hollywood is when you have a groomer who has the okay from other powerful colleagues it just makes it so much more dangerous for the victim to be to reason themselves out of a bad situation you know what I mean it's like oh well and Hollywood's like groom friendly like she's probably out to those LA lunches with like Mm -hmm. other 19 year olds dating these 40 somethings you know so they dated for that first year allegedly they broke up for a bit because he this was all rumors uh suddenly proposed to her and she didn't like the fact that she would have to sign a prenup. They broke up for a bit. Then they got back together, dated for another three years. So I just feel like that also, showing up in a limo to pick mm-hmm. you up, proposing a year in, like it's not only is it grooming, do you think grooming and love bombing always go hand in hand? Like they have to. I mean, absolutely. And I think like when someone's love bombing or narcissist or whoever, I mean, anyone who, in my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, anyone who, thinks that they can go and groom a child has to have some form of narcissism about them to think that they can go and take that child away from their family and mold them into this perfect woman that they want them to be. I'm with you. Another aspect of this um, that I thought was very interesting is that there's a lot of grooming that happens in Hollywood through a gay lens. And I think that Mm -hmm. adds this other layer of shame and having something that's hard to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. We obviously remember everything that happened with Kevin Spacey when the actor Anthony Rapp came out and said that he was manhandled by Kevin Spacey at a party um, and Kevin tried to seduce him when he was 14 at the time. Kevin Spacey ended up apologizing. Like, we will never forget the apology where he basically admits but doesn't admit but says that it could have been plausible what he did. And then he comes out 
it gave me the same kind of rhetoric of when Colleen was like, I was just the weird aunt, and Kevin Spacey's like, well, let me take this moment to say that I am now choosing to live as a gay man. And it's like, if you like, if you want to say something vulnerable, now mm-hmm. is not the time and place mm-hmm. to try and get Absolutely. some sort of like moment. Um and then obviously once this came out, hordes and hordes of allegations came out. I've even had so many people in my DMs who have stories with Kevin mm-hmm. Spacey. Um And back in 2017, this was a little bit under the radar. It came up, but then it was kind of buried pretty quickly. But the star of Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard, when he was 14, he left the APA agency, which was representing him because his former agent, Tyler Grasham, had been accused by multiple young men of sexual assault. Now, Mm -hmm. Finn Wolfhard wasn't one of the accusers, but this man, Tyler, was investigated and he ended up being fired from the agency and different quotes from the victims that he abused said Tyler under the pretense of a business meeting regarding potential agency representation fed me alcohol while I was underage and sexually assaulted me and a bunch of people came out to anonymously say yeah like the entire agency knew about this and it was just this really creepy article I was reading where people were saying that you're more susceptible susceptible to being victimized if you're gay because then you have the shame of oh I'm being groomed I'm being isolated but also my sexuality or what's happening to me is such a secret that I don't want to tell anyone it adds this like double lock onto it and you hear so many especially if it's um a man being groomed like Mm -hmm. it's so much harder for men to come out in this industry and talk about yeah it is so hard for men to admit that something happened to them and I think it's like one in four girls in America and the United States of America have experienced or will experience being groomed. And it's like one in 13 boys, which is, which are, are both crazy numbers. Those are crazy numbers for the demographic of the majority of those abusers are identified as straight men. Mm. So, so it's like, why do we feel this pressure as those people who are making all this ruckus, the straight men, why do we feel all this ruckus to try to place blame on a community that's already the minority, already like less than 10% of the United States? Why do we feel the need to attack this community when we can do a simple Google search and see that the majority of the people who are grooming children are us? And I even remember um, Kevin Spacey, like in his apology when he did come out, this is like me being nitpicky with language and, you know, you never want to, I don't know, like nitpick over the way somebody comes out. But when he said, cause first of all, like we had Molly McPherson on and she brought up a great point that he was equating grooming and being a sexual creep. And then he brought the LGBTQ community into mm-hmm. it by coming out. And then he also said, I now choose to live as a gay man. And I'm like, so now you're saying that it's a choice too. Exactly. Like you're really fucking us. You yeah. Know? Like, like exactly. And it's like, <laughs> Now that I've groomed and harmed all these people and these allegations have come out, just FYI, I'm also a gay man. Like, And it, what's crazy is uh, he had rumor upon rumor upon rumor. And not that it's ever fun <laughs> to sit around a betting table and say, who do we think the next big groomer will be? But why not? Let's play a little game of that. Because, <laughs> you know, years ago, I would have said Kevin Spacey 
Oh, the yeah. first candidate that I want to bring up to the table here and bet on, and I'm curious, everybody stick around Instagram this week, and I'm curious to know, <laughs> not to like wildly speculate, but like we have proof on these people. The first one I'm putting up is Drake. A Do you think his moment? hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think, here's the thing, with all of the groomers in Hollywood that we see and that we know and the allegations we've heard of, it's the tip of the iceberg all the way around. You know what I mean? Yeah. The ones we hear about is the tip of the iceberg. That's just the times that they not even got caught, just got told on. You know what I mean? Mm. And there's, so like when you go back and look at Drake, you see that he dated an 18 year old supermodel. And when he was like late twenties, early thirties, I think early 30s. I he, remember it, it uh-huh. wouldn't have been 20s. Bella Harris. Yeah. Young. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He and she had also just graduated from high school, high school, taking a page out of the Seinfeld book. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they all, it's like, do you guys all go to like a master class or something? Like what is going on? It's just so young. And what I always like doing, because we do live in a society where it's more acceptable for the man to be older and the woman to be younger. Yes. And I always love to swap out the... Uh, genders for examples like I remember when everyone was like uh Taylor Swift was like 19 John Mayer was I don't know like 32 or something like is it that big of a deal and Taylor was like a tall Mm -hmm. you know kid so I'm like maybe you don't think it was that big of a deal but if we swap the genders that would be like the Dustin from Stranger Things dating Kristen Bell like you would think that was pretty fucking weird so sometimes like you have to have examples like that to be like, no, no, no. Put like, it in perspective. It is, Our brains yeah. are trained to feel a normalization of the older, older man, younger woman. Absolutely. The other day I was out on my balcony with two girlfriends and we were like having drinks, just chatting. And I swear to God, this actually happened. My neighbor to the right of me came out and this was at like 10 p.m. on a Saturday in a towel like wrapped around his waist and nothing else and just kind of like stared at the sky where we could all see him for a good 10 minutes and then went back inside and we were kind of like is this a sign like does he want us to knock on the door like should we have said hi was it awkward that we didn't say hi anyway I'm getting to know my neighbors here in Denver and I watched it all from my article couch (laughs) on the balcony which is so true because article is one of the fantastic sponsors who sponsors this show and they have fantastic furniture and design pieces for your home I have gotten a bunch of outdoor furniture from them and if you have a balcony and you want a couch there aren't that many couches that are actually like balcony fitable. They're just too big, like restoration hardware, like everything's too big. Article has fantastic furniture that's going to be great for your apartment, for your home. It's not old folky. They have mid-century modern. They have coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, boho designs. Whatever design you like, the price is right. They all look fantastic. In my apartment, it probably looks so good thanks to the furniture. That's why this guy came out. And if you want to summon your own toweled man to gawk at your beautiful furniture, check out Article. So they're offering Fluently Forward listeners $50 off your first purchase of 100 or more. So you can go to article.com slash fluently and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. So once again, that is article.com slash fluently and you'll get $50 off of your first purchase of $100 or more. Well, another person that I want to bring up on the chopping block is somebody that I would bet on. 
And I don't understand how he hasn't had his moment of downfall yet. Jared fucking Leto. Oh my gosh, that man. <laughs> my arch nemesis. <laughs> he, he has so many allegations against him from so many different women for the last like 20 years. And a lot of them are from his whole, you know, 30 seconds to Mars rock star mm-hmm. lifestyle. And this even got so big. Talk about like open secrets in the industry that um, a few years back on Twitter... James Gunn and Dylan Sprouse were <laughs> yes. basically talking about this, where Dylan Sprouse said, yo, at Jared Leto, now that you've slid into the DMs of every female model aged 18 to 25, what would you say your success rate is? And James Gunn replied and said, he starts at 18 on the internet. And then he's, he was like, oh, it was like a joke. But it's like, it's not a joke because- he, Like, we all know that joke came from, there has to be some truth behind there. You know what I mean? Even when these people were older, um, there was one source who said that he abused her and forced her into non-consensual sex acts from the age she was 17 to 21. But the creepiest thing is that, you know, technically at 17, that's the age of consent mm-hmm. in New York. But she said that- Jared Leto asked her to verbally tell him she was only 14 or 15, which is so I've heard that. Mm -hmm. He he gets off on it. He gets off on being with little girls. And I think it's so obvious that he... I know there's a specific word for, like, pedophiles who go after teens. Yeah, they're into teen. It's like nebliophobia. Yeah, but regardless, he he likes little girls. And I think it's very obvious. And the fact that he has never, like sat down and been like these allegations are false says everything we do have some you know rare moments when justice is served after like we said years of evidence Mm -hmm. have already come through the main one that i think of is r kelly and talk about somebody who was an open secret for years and like i just hate how there was jokes and songs about like r kelly for years yeah for everybody thought it was such a joke and it came out that he was Holding women in a cult, he manipulated them, he abused them, he groomed them. And this came all the way back to 1994 when he married Aaliyah and she was 15, Uh which was a clear case of grooming. And he ended up being sentenced to 20 years in prison in Chicago. Um, And like we said, talking about people who try to go back to their childhood and be like, oh, it's not my fault, this happened to Mm -hmm. me. His lawyer tried to get him... Uh, a shorter sentence by basically saying that like he was abused as a child so you know it should be more lenient and I just feel like how the fuck would you try to have that hold up in court like I think that's like the craziest thing because like so is everyone else and like it's like you think of like situations where a parent is uh, under the influence of drugs and their child gets hurt and they Mm -hmm. go to they go to prison because their child got hurt they don't get a pass because they were on drugs. They still did what they did. The craziest thing to me, too, about R. Kelly is that he probably was an open secret for 20 years, and that's mm-hmm. how long it took. And it's all of these instances. Even my damn high school teacher, we had a name for him. I won't say what his last name. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't even care. Like, he is a groom. Spill it. Napier, Napier the Rapier. That was what everyone called him. Interesting that you guys were all clued in. And it was like. All clued in. And like everyone, like principals knew, like how could they not? Like it was his nickname and nothing happened for years and years. And he's probably teaching at some other school right now. So. It's so creepy. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is sponsored by a wonderful new sponsor called Miracle Made. If you are like me, you might be a hot sleeper. Okay. You know, it's not the sexiest trait to have, but what can I say? 
sometimes I sweat at night and my body does this really cool thing of where if I'm sleeping by myself, I don't sweat. And then the minute someone cute is staying over, it's like freaking waterworks. I don't know why. I don't know why it happens like that. But if you also want to have better regulated temperature when you sleep, check out these Miracle Made sheets. They are inspired by NASA. They use silver infused fabrics. It's very cool technology. So not only will they help to regulate your temperature as you sleep, but also they prevent 99.7% of bacterial growth, which makes them stay cleaner for longer and fresh three times longer than other sheets. So just because I now have in-unit laundry in Denver doesn't you know, mean that I want to use it every day. So you can go to trymiracle.com slash fluently to try them out today. And if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use the promo code fluently at checkout, you will get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Absolutely wild. So head on over to trymiracle.com slash fluently and check out these sheets. So um, your handle on TikTok, Becca, B-E-K-A-H, day with three Ys. And you, like I said before, you did the best deep dive on Colleen. <laughs> Thank you. And let us know which other ones you have in the pocket. I think you mentioned Judy Garland. I do Anyone have a else? couple in the yeah. pocket. I have Judy Garland. Um, I've been working on, I know this new movie just came out and everyone's talking about it, The Sound of Freedom. And there's a lot of mixed reviews about it. Mm-hmm. Um there was an interview that was done by like, I think he was like the director, the creator. I don't know if he's an actor in it. And it was absolutely unhinged. It was unhinged. So I'm working on that right now. I'm going to do Icy Wyatt here coming up soon. He's he's wild. So in the meantime, I uh, can't thank you enough for spending the hour with us. And thanks for coming on the show. Everybody else, we will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys.